This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson and with me this week are Jim Spence and Ian Roach. Gentlemen, only one place to start this week. We've got a cup semi-final for one of our teams, St. Johnson. It's kind of, I think this will be one of the, another one of, another one of those moments where it'll all be kind of brought into focus how much we, we miss supporters when St. Johnson run out in front of a, an empty Hamden against Hibs. But it's cup, fin- cup semi-final week all the same and it started perfectly for them, Jim, with the, we're getting an, a very, very important win against St. Murn on Saturday. Yeah, uh, and a, a much needed um, win. The way things have gone, uh, Eric. You know, I mean, it, it was. I was it was shaping to... up to. Be, I mean, I said it beforehand. Sorry, Jack, it was shaping up to be a real crossroads game. You could see it, couldn't you? You know, if, if Saints had lost that, you know, it, particularly with the, the results, you know, that that, mm. that went and on, on the same weekend, you would have started. You know, I'm not maybe not panic would have been the word, but you know, sort of mild panic anyway. Carry on, yeah, Jim, well, sorry. Well, I mean, it, it, it was an important win in, in, in two respects. I mean, one, it kind of, you know, it, it um, pulls them away a wee bit further from from that kind of basement area. Not much. I mean, you know, they're sitting at a level with, with St. Martin who are just ahead of them, albeit, um, um, you know, the, the Ross County kind of, we're really surprised for one when I've kind of pulled or um, stayed closer as well, just three points behind. But, they're, they're, you know, they're, at least they're, they're four points ahead or better off than, than Hamilton Motherwell bottom place, albeit in ninth is, is not a position I expected to see Saints occupy this season. But nevertheless, it, it was a good win. And um, I think it, it's, it's a good it's a good one going into the, the semi-final against Hibs, which would be pretty tough and pretty daunting, I think, uh, at uh, an empty Hamden. There'll be something strange about that. But they've undoubtedly got the ability to do well. And there are things that are, that are starting to kind of come to the fore now. And one of the, one of those is that Melamed is starting to look like a really cute signing, you know, because we, we, you know, mm-hmm. we've said in the podcast, we wondered about him, you know, how it was going to work out for this lad. But, you know, his, his well, goal... Well, he wasn't playing. Like the, so, I mean, he's you know, exactly. been here for months and he wasn't playing. So. No, that's right. I mean, the, the lovely setup for the goal was it was a thing of beauty, you know, a lovely wee... It wasn't a disguise pass, but it was a lovely wee kind of outside of the boot, flick through between a couple of players to set Kane off. Um, so, that you know, that looks good. So, we're a bit of luck. Um, th- th- this is Saints kind of over that hump because, you know, we, we've 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 talked about it plenty on, on, on the podcast here. There's plenty of ability about the side. They just haven't been scoring sufficient goals and, and getting enough wins under their belt. So, I think they go into it with, with, um, with renewed confidence, I think, against Hibs. Ian, I described the, uh, you know, because always you hear these these wins, they're, they're labelled ugly wins because, you know, it was a grim game. Jim Goodwin said, oh, it would have been a nil-nil, blah, blah, blah. It was a kind of scrappy goal with a wee bit of controversy about it. Although Jim says that it was that he's, he's absolutely spot on mentioning Melman's contribution to it, which was the real bit of quality in the game. You know, but I, I described it as a, a thing of beauty in St. Johnson terms because how many times have we come on here and said, and the players themselves, the manager after game saying, we've played well, but we've got nothing for it. You know, so <laughs> this scruffy type of result was exactly what St. Johnson needed, wasn't it? Just to show that they can, they can, they can do it a different way rather than having to play a team off the park to beat them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very timely, and uh, I think I think one of the 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 main things for me was the the, the goal, it, you know. I think I think we've used already the word scrappy and ugly. I think the goal was lovely, a great move, and um, nice anticipation. 
he, he kind of played a one-two with himself off the goalkeeper, didn't he? Well, first, see what you get after a first-time shot, Ian, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the, exactly. That's the thing. So nice alertness from a striker. So you'll have to see that. So um, I think they needed a. I, I mean, we were. I don't, I don't want to kind of always look back the way, but we were going far away for for their last league win. Really, weren't we? I think it was the Kilmarnock one. It was Kilmarnock. So, yeah, that was far too. Far too uh, distant. Big a gap. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, huge gap there. I think people were even looking at Hibs and saying, oh, Hibs have gone off the boil a wee bit. But but Saints needed that. I actually thought uh played okay uh, against United in the game before that. So you're looking at two decent performances, I think, in a row at least there. And um, it's it's essential going into a game, which I think <sighs> we're talking about the empty Hamden, but of course... Hibs have got uh, memories of Hamden, who which aren't, aren't necessarily good ones for them, are they? Recent ones um, as well. From yeah. that semi-final, yeah. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully Saints, I think Saints go in. Uh, it's a 50-50 for me. I know I know Hibs are higher up in the league and they've probably on paper got better players, but I think on the day it'll be, it'll be pretty, pretty close. And uh, you maybe just need... Uh, strikers like like Kane, who who does appear to be you know keen like that and and and, and alert when something breaks, and also we've got guy uh, Melamed who had another really really good game. Um, so I think uh, we've also got. I, I'm wondering if Callum's got decisions to make with strike because he keeps bringing on. He does. May he does, and he keeps bringing on Hendry. Just just you wonder if he's not quite sure. To keep you know, just stick with Kane and, and, and Melamed for the whole game, but at least he's got options there, isn't he? Jim, I, I mean, I've, one of the things you know I've I've picked up from from Callum Davis in the first few months as a as a manager is he's he's it's not been an easy call uh, predicting his his team selections. There was one there, there was one in particular that I felt was a real gamble, and at hindsight, they, he he got away with it. I thought the the Dunfermline lineup in the in the quarterfinal was one that no St. Johnston fan would have would have predicted. There was a, you know, like I said, Danny McNamara was left out, and there, there was a few there was a few sort of selections you thought, oh, that's that's bold, brave, risky, whichever word you want to choose to describe it. But they got through that. I wonder whether does he does he do you think he'll he'll persist with uh, not persist the wrong word because it, it makes it sound as if they're uh, you know they've done something done something wrong and he would. Uh, you know they would kind of you'd be thinking about changing them for for those reasons. But do you think he'll stick with Melamed and Kane, or or do you think he will? Because I, I my personal opinion is he would he would love to he would love Stevie May in there if he thought he was going to be on form, and the other player he would love to be in there would be Michael O'Halloran because he has he has pace, and we've talked about it often often on this podcast as well. I think he would. I just think I've got a feeling that he might think the two hip centre halves, Porteous and Hanlon, they would be comfier with with two centre forwards up against them than they would be with a May and or O'Halloran. I mean, what's your thoughts on on up front, Jim? 
Yeah, well, I mean, O'Halloran has the, the the one thing you cannot buy in in, in in football, Eric, and that's pace. You know, I mean, you you can you can you know you can coach a player with limited ability, natural ability, um, medium ability to spin off, you know, to spin off a a marker shoulder to read the game better, to scan the game better. You can do all of these things. What you can't do, by and large, is make them much faster. You can you, know, you can work with sprint coaches and all the rest of it, but O'Halloran has a natural a natural acceleration um, in getting away from people. Now, on you know, we, we, we use that old phrase, the wide open spaces of Hamden. It's actually not that wide, but there's a, there's a, a psychological sense about mm-hmm. Hamden being wide open. You know, the, it look, it, you know, we take the actual pitch size, probably not much bigger than other pitches, but it seems it senses to be open, you know. Um, so if you've got pace, if you can give a ball to someone who can you know, destroy someone over the first five, ten yards and then actually go on and get away from them. Some players have got the ability to leave someone standing, but on, on an extended run, they get shut down quite quickly. Um, O'Halloran, uh, you know, has the ability to leave people for dead. It's what comes next. It's, you know, d- does he score? Does he give an assist? I think these are the key things. I- I'm like you. I'm intrigued every time I see the Saints lineup. I mean, when I, you know, when I look at that lineup. Against Bryson Mel- and McCann, for example, in the middle of the park. Yeah, together. well, that well was, but, but I mean, you know, I, I, that, that I would I, never have called that on Saturday for such no, a big well, game. No, well, bizarrely, Eric, I, my, my eyes always go to the bench first. And when I see Conway and Davidson and May and Henry and the likes of Craig on the bench, I think there's a couple of things I think. The Saints have got a huge squad, but you think they're all they're all potentially for me first team picks. So you know, obviously, Callum is still kind of doing a couple of things. He's still trying to figure out just exactly what his best squad is. He's also, you know, he, he, he's trying to. Enervate, he's trying to sorry energize um, people. I think you're, you're you're always looking in training and 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 on performances on the Saturday um, for players to to absolutely make it impossible for you to drop them in the next game. Um, now, to be honest with you, Melamed so far seems to have done that, doesn't he? The last couple of games he's been excellent. Kane scored the goal at the weekend, a, a fine goal, good shot, save, follows in quickly as any good striker does. Um, and you know the, the the midfield were competent enough. You know, so so what do you do here? Do you you know do you change that winning team to to face Hibs, who themselves up? I mean, the, the great fear isn't just what you put up to you know to take on the Hibs central defensive pairing or their wing backs. It's it's what Hibs can do to you with pace because Hibs have got real pace up front. They're, they're, I mean, they're a side with real alacrity uh, in them. So you've got to be on your metal both in midfield to shut them down and at the back as well to stop them getting by you and getting crosses in. And at the same time, you've got to offer sufficient goal threat. Now, where does the goal threat come from? Because Saints aren't in the habit of scoring lots of goals. We know that. Um, the league table uh, quite clearly uh, indicates that Hibs are, a, Hibs are a, a freer scoring side. I mean, you know, Saints have scored 22 goals. Hibs have scored 33. So they score, you know, one more uh, every outing than, than than Saints do. So I th- I'm, I'm, a, I'm fascinated by this one, What he, just what he does do uh, at the weekend. Certainly not for me to, 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 to pick his team, but I'm just, you know, when I look at the strength and depth, and I wonder why players aren't actually playing. I know it's a squad game, and I know that sometimes, you know, you've got a guy that's maybe got a great half hour on him, uh, bring him on as a sub, and that's that's wise. Or a guy that's got a great 60, 70 minutes in him before you take him off for energy levels and all the rest of it. But sometimes I look at that Saints squad, and I just think, you know, the players have gone through there, I think, gee, what, what, why are they not starting, you know? Um, but results are all, and would you change that winning side? Well, 
Um, it depends. It depends on the personnel. You you know, you sit down, you do your homework on Hibs, you look at their personnel, you try to figure out how they're going to play with what you put up against them um, and you figure out whether you've got the personnel to beat them and what areas you've got the personnel to beat them in. Saints have got the personnel to beat Hibs, but likewise, Hibs have got the personnel to beat Saints, so it's a really, really tight one, this. And Ian, Jack Ross is another, he's another tinkerer with his, his team line, so it's, yeah, you know, there's... There'll be a lot of second guessing going on, and, and Hibs, of, Hibs, of course, brought in a couple of guys uh, in this window. And you know, Jackson, I think he's Jack Ross has got big decisions to make. So it's, you know, there'll be a lot of uh, there'll be a lot, like I say, second guessing. I mean, would you would you be would you stick with Melamed and, and Kane for certainly for the first hour, and then maybe perhaps think about O'Halloran, you know, in the last half hour to, to bring on those. That well, acceleration, you know, when Hibs defenders are getting tired, Stevie May possibly as well. Is that the way you would go? Well, if he, if 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 Callum uh, Davidson does stick with the same team, I mean, there's a lot of experience sitting on the sidelines, isn't there? I mean, Liam Craig, Stevie May, Callum Davidson, O'Halloran, Michael O'Halloran. That's a semi-final or a cup, you know. That's a difficult. That's a difficult one to look. I think at he'll tweak his midfield, Ian. Yeah, Bryson and McCann. I don't think that will happen. I think Bryson will drop out. I would probably. No, I mean, I, mean, you I think would it's, imagine. it's it's either. I would think it will be Murray Davidson will come in, and yeah, I would think that that's the obvious swap for me. I mean, throughout throughout you know many years, uh, semi finals managers do. It's a real temptation to bring the the older heads back in for for occasions like this. And, and like you, I do think that'll happen. The but you're right, you're right about Jack Ross because I mean, who would have thought that Dodge would have been sitting on on the bench? I mean you see mm-hmm. Hibbs uh, over the last wee while. He, he's a, he's been he's been getting goal after goal, Stevie Malin. Malin, Malin's not coming on to the end of the Kilmarnock game either. So but they they they've got as, as Jim rightly says, Martin Boyle, speed machine, isn't he? Kevin is, but one of the most, if, if not one of the, the most exciting strikers, uh, young strikers coming through in the, the Premiership this season. Um, there's bags of, bags of talent in the Hibs team. It doesn't always work out for them, though. And they can be tactically, uh, they can be tactically outthought, Jack Ross. I've seen that once or twice this season already. Uh, he, do, he does get some, he does get a lot right, but. Um, Callum, Callum should go in there thinking that, that he can he can tweak a few things and and hurt Hibs um, in certain areas. Um, you would imagine that, uh, that 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 he'll know he'll know some things already that he'll be working on this week. You make you and, make a good you make a good point, Ian. Though, because funnily enough, one of the games that Jack Ross was tactically out thought was against St Johnston at the mm-hmm. start of the season when mm-hmm. they got very lucky with yeah. that controversial penalty. But the second half. St. Johnson just, they couldn't come up with the answers where Jason Kerr was doing his, his overlapping centre-half thing. You know, they were just, it was, I mean, it was pretty much wave after wave of St. Johnson attacks. And you saw, he saw Jack Ross make at least two substitutions that were linked in with a sort of formation tweak to try and, to try and combat the sort of, you know, the flow of the game. And it didn't work, you know. So, yeah, it, 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 it can happen. I mean, I do think he's a. I do think he's a sharp manager, Jack Ross. I do think he's 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 one of the one of the better ones coming through. I mean, he's not a young manager now, but it is it is an intriguing an intriguing battle. But I think Jim as well. What we've, I think I don't think you can underestimate the pressure factor on Hibs. I think they're one of these clubs 
when they get to semi-finals, particularly, as Ian said, having lost to Hearts and won, huge pressure on on them in these big games, even without fans there, isn't it? Because, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's a, he's not had a big, he's not had a big game win yet, has he, Jack Ross? No, and, and you know, let's let's be blunt. They're they're a, a, a much bigger club than St Johnson. They're, you know, they are they're 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 what fourth, fifth biggest club in you know, depending how you how you argue these things, whether it's crowds or sense of expectation. With the weight of expectation, the weight that of expectation. They're a big, big club. You know, they they come from the capital city. They they have some fine players in there and all the rest of it. But um, you know, there is much expected of them and, and much expected of Jack as well. I mean, I think the intriguing thing for me looking at you know, kind concentrating on Saints and I know what you're saying about maybe Bryson dropping out and bringing Murray in. What what Murray Davidson I think always gives you, A, he gives you the old head, he gives you kind of um, that box-to-box capacity, he gives you some potential physical uh, you know, mm-hmm. element as well. And Both boxes, pot- yeah. The, you know, the potential for kind of, you know, a, a headed goal in the box because he's useful in the air and all the rest of it. He gives you all of these um, uh, sort of things. Craig Conway, I think, I mean, I, I'm still I'm still kind of waiting to see the best because I'm as you know, I'm a, I'm a big Conway fan, always have been, still waiting to see maybe him really spark into life, and you know, if he ends up getting kind of, you know, starting, which I doubt, but getting a good half hour or twenty minutes or something, mm-hmm. um, he's the type. Of, he's the type of player that could make a big difference. You know, uh, getting down the flank, getting a couple of good crosses in, and all the rest of it. You know, for for the likes of a Davidson potentially, you know, or a Kane or a Melamed to to finish. So you know, it, it, it's all. It depends on the kind of game that you know Saints are going to play here. I mean, are Saints going to play a containing game? They're going to take the game. Is it going to be in in between that? Is it going to be a much more cagey affair? Is it going to be a wide open affair? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, Hibs by and large have have, have I would say um, uh, more of an attacking capacity than Saints in terms of kind of the, the pace that they possess, you know, the rounded pace that they possess. I mean, Saints are not the quickest side in the world by any manner of means. They do have uh, potential for an hour and to to light them up with pace. But you know they're not hugely pacey, um, other than that. Whereas Hibs do have um, several options that are all pacey, you know, right across the park. Um, and I think that 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 could be a key uh, on the day. So there's a, there, there is a fascinating. T- I mean, I sometimes think we overdo the tactical um, thing in, in football, but you know, but but there is a, there is a tactical battle to be had here. Um, you know, both from from midfield uh, and up front in terms of kind of you know a player's ability to hold the ball, to spot a pass, to set a man away. The ability to to take people on, you know, get balls into the box and all the rest of it, um, and you know, my slight suspicion is that Hibs are slightly better, um, a slightly better prospect in that respect. But Saints do have the capacity to to trouble them, as we've seen already this season. It simply depends on how he lines it up in the day. I don't think that I, you know, I don't suspect there'll be many changes. Um, Eric, one or two maybe, or maybe one, but I don't suspect there'll be a. I don't think you know that we're liable to see a handful of changes for Saints in the game. No, I think your your back five is as as was on Saturday with Jason Kerbach, and he was that was very timely to see him back in and back to his best actually. So no, that's that's as it will be. Obviously, Xander Clark's there. Like I say, it just depends whether he's he's gone with the. He's gone with the two central midfielders and the sort of inverted, well, arrow if you if you want to, if you want to call it up front, you know, the three up front, which isn't a three up front, you know, it's one up front with two just off it type thing. Uh, or he's gone for the three in the middle and the two up front, which is which he did on on Saturday. Now, 
I think, for a semi-final with the power that Pibs have in midfield as well. He likes a Gogic and now Jackson Irvin. I th- I would I'd be I'd be comfy with the three in the middle, which would be my choice would be Wotherspoon, uh, McCann and and Davidson. And then I would, and then if it is going to be the two, I think I think you've got to go with Melamed and and Kane because they are the two that have linked up the best. It's as it's as simple as that, you know. And then if 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 it was if he was going the other way around, and he went for the two central midfielders and went with that three that he that was his preferred formation for at the, certainly the first few months of the season, then I would think differently. I would say, you know, you would I wouldn't play Melamed because he he's. He's not the man to hold it in as the as the the sole number nine. You would have to go with Kane in that role because he's the best at bringing others into. It. And then the two off it would be Wotherspoon and possibly, possibly Stevie May or, or even Michael O'Halloran. So it depends what formation he goes with. But there we go. These are the decisions. These are these are what he gets paid the big money for. I mean, there's nothing to say they can't change it in the game. But we shall we shall see. As they say, well, I think you you mentioned that. Uh, it was obviously a very important result for Saints in the context of the league, and it's it's all squeezing up again. Ian Dewey, you know, are we still thinking that? I think what we're talking about seven teams separated by by nine points. If you include United in that, they've got a nine point buffer, haven't they? I mean, should should we speak about? I mean, United are sixth after all. Should we even mention United as one of those that has to have a? I look over their shoulder. Well, if you're asking me personally, yes, uh, I, I I do think they should be looking over their shoulder. Uh, maybe that's just uh, my kind of natural caution in you, and yeah, yeah, natural <laughs> caution. Um, I did ask that specific question to Nicky Clark on on Saturday at Hamilton, and he said, "While we're aware of what's going on behind us, we do look at the results and we'd be daft not to, but we are looking up the way." So that's that's it. That's that's United's kind of line on it is that they they're they're looking up. But as these these draws, you know, they keep getting Mount draws. Um, three in a row. I think it was five at the last seven. So yeah, yeah um, one, one win in nine. Is that right? Yeah. I I mean you could twist that. They haven't really lost. You know, it depends. It's a half glass, half full, half empty thing with United. It depends how you look at it. You could you can spin it either way, but I, I just think that um, you, you just trust your your your, your gut instinct. And when you see Ross County battering Aberdeen, and you see uh, Motherwell getting a a point against Rangers and leading for a long, long time. <laughs> you know, as somebody that covers United, I was thinking, oh God, you know, that, that's that's no good. That's that's not a good thing. So my my instinct is that they should still be wary. Now Jim might come in and and and, and blow that away and say, no, 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 it's about Europe. You, you know, the top six and that. The only thing is that they're they're clinging in there for you know they really are hanging on to the sixth spot. Um, just, yeah. I think I think what is it four four points but teams have got games mm. in hand. They can't all win their games in hand but some will have to get points uh, and, and accumulate them. You know you're looking at likes of St Marmon in particular that could jump ahead. But at the moment it, um I just think that it's just weary because they are the team that's just come up because they're not really setting the heather on fire uh, during their games then I just think that it's right to just keep an eye on what's happening behind them because, as you said, it's squeezing up and squeezing up and we don't have a real 
outstanding candidate for the the bottom the bottom slot or or the playoff slot. Yeah, yeah. How's your how's your rampant optimism, Jim? Well, Eric, as you know, I'm a big fan of psychology in sport. <clears throat> the, this, the you know the psychology of the mind. I mean, this this kind of debate reminds me a wee bit of the notion of mindfulness, where you live in the moment. And and you know, and to be I, I see the argument raging. I have it with mates of mine who are United fans who are oh, Mellon's football's dreadful to watch and all the rest of it. The bottom line is Dundee United are sitting in sixth position. Um. They're sitting with 28 points. You know, they're, they're three behind Livy, albeit Livy have a couple of games in hand, but the bottom line is they're sixth. And they're four ahead of Kilmarnock, who again have a game in hand. They're, they're nine ahead of bottom club Hamilton and, and Motherwell. Again, there's there's games in hand there. But the bottom line is the, the bird in the hand. Dundee United have the points in the bag. You know, so you could look at Hamilton, you could look at Motherwell, you could look at Ross County. They've got it all to do. They've got to win their games in hand. They've got to come from behind. At the moment, United have the games in uh, in hand. And, and you know, and they're, they're not losing about they are the draw kings, you know, we know that, they are the draw specialists, I mean, 10, 10 draws, I mean, it's miles ahead of anybody else uh, uh, in the Premiership at the minute, if they, could turn those, if they could turn those into wins, they would be, you know, they'd be chasing Rangers for, for the title, I mean, I, I'm slightly facetious here, but, you know, you can only speak of things as they are at the moment, yes, they have to have some regard to what is happening behind them, but, you know, we speak as we are, you know, we, we are where we are, Um and the statistics quite clearly tell you they're in sixth position in the league. They might not be playing stunning football. They're playing by a championship side. If you look at the side that was out of the weekend, it's pretty, it's a championship side, isn't it? You know, I think we're going to come on to that in a minute, Jim. Yes, it is. you're right. You're you're absolutely. They're right. sitting there in sixth position. It's you know, had you asked Dundee United fans at the start of the season, where do you expect to be? Um, and would you accept, you know, at this stage with you know, 24 games played more than halfway through that you will be in, in sixth position? I'd have thought that most people would have thought that was a very handsome reward. Um, so, you know, I mean, you, you, people will always complain about the quality of foot. I mean, that's a subjective notion. I mean, we've all been to games and thought, God, that was dross. And the guy next to you thinks, oh, what a game that was. It was fabulous. You know, that's the nature of football. It's like art. It's like cars. It's like anything it else. It is and it isn't, though, Jim, isn't it? I mean, can you can you name a, a game this season where, where Dundee United have got got you on the edge of your seat and thought, you know, that they've they've played they've played really nice football. No, they they have been dire to watch at times, but that but that's a subjective decision, Eric. I mean it's it's a subjective viewpoint. I mean you know, this this is not the flowing some of the great flowing sides we've seen in the past, but Mickey Mellon has come in at a very awkward uh, juncture uh, in Scottish football and in Dundee United's history. He's made the best of what he's had um uh, and and they're sitting pretty handsomely. You know, so we we could kind of argue from now to doomsday about the dangers of Teams having games in hand and all the rest of it, but but the bottom line is Dundee are in possession of that. It's like the man in possession of the jersey. He's got to do something wrong before he gets dropped at the next game. United are sitting in sixth point, in sixth place, and they're sitting sitting pretty. That's not to say they should be, you know, they should be overly optimistic about things, but they certainly shouldn't be pessimistic. That's a pretty sweet position to be in. I think one of the intriguing things, Ian, is. And you're you're the best man to speak to about this because you've you've covered virtually all their games and you've you've looked in the the whites of Mickey Mellon's eyes at, at games and and to an extent over Zoom press conferences to preview matches. What's your take on his assessment post match? Because we kind of have a sliding scale. I I you know I maybe changed my mind slightly on Saturday, but you I, I have I have Jim Goodwin as my as my as my sort of shining example of somebody who's who's pretty spot on with these post-match assessments and you know good or bad you know there's some that are 
are at the delusional end of the scale, kind of always have been, always will be. And there's there's, there's others that you know sort of sort of ve- flip between one and the other. How do you find Mickey Mellon after games? Because he's it, it's it, when he says things like he was satisfied with the performance on Saturday. Does I mean does that? That jars with some United fans, doesn't it? Or a lot of United fans. You know, how how do you how do you find his post match assessments? He has recurring themes. Um we're reminded a lot that they're the new team in the division. Now we're in January now, so you know, it's not that new. They're a fair bit into the season, but newly promoted side, so a lot of the players have got to get used to that. So he does have recurring themes about that. Um I think <sighs> What what you're kind of referring to there was, I actually think he was correct in saying that they were the better team and he, he, he could be pleased with some of their play. They were the better team to watch. Um, they played better football than, than Hamilton. They were, they were in control for long spells in the game. Did they deserve to win it? Mm, I'm not so sure because they never had an end product. Um, I think, I think, I think Mellon is, um, I think he thinks about what he's going to say. That, that's without a doubt. I think he's, yeah, he looks at you. You can kind of see that in his face, yeah, can't you? <laughs> he's, 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 he's smart. He uh, he knows what the the message he wants to get across to the United fans who aren't there. Um, I suppose our job in the media is to, if we see it differently, to to kind of say that. Now, I think I think he possibly thought they deserved to win the game. I would say a draw was probably fair. Um, but he was right to say that some of United's football was good. Some of it wasn't so good, particularly the delivery. Um, Nick, Nicky Clark, who, it was a great week for Nicky Clark, you know, new deal at Tannadice. He was just, his delivery, his crossing was, was, was dreadful. Um, it just didn't work. And he kept going back to him for the, for the, the corners and set pieces and, 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 and you know, the balls into the, into the area. But, it just didn't work. So uh, he's he's playing in midfield. The man who I thought was United's best player on Saturday was Dylan Powers, the unsung Dylan Powers. Yeah, I've heard, came in. I've heard United fans say that was his best game for United. I think United fans, uh, I think he should be given more of a chance. And he's tidy, he's neat and tidy. He, he, he can thread balls through that you think, you know, maybe other players couldn't do that. He's a fine, fine passer of the ball. Was he the deepest Maybe. of the, the United midfielders, was he? What was that, sorry? On Saturday. Was he the deepest of the United midfielders uh, on Saturday? He was kind of like the, the fulcrum, you know, the, the, the yeah. central point and, and everything went through him. He was finding, he was the one. He's American, finding. we'll call him the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah of course. Oh, God, I missed that one, didn't I? Well done, Eric. So, um, <laughs> aye, so he, he was like that. He was like that. He had a good game. So there were positives there for, for, for United. The problem that, that Mellon's got is in a, a, a draw away to Hamilton, United fans are just left either shrugging their shoulders or pretty frustrated by that. Um, I, I, I kind of uh, struggle to to kind of see whether it was a good point or a, a bad point or was it just somewhere in the middle? I think I came up with somewhere in the middle. Uh, it was hard to say whether it was it was a it was a good good thing that they kept this unbeaten run going or hard to judge. It was hard to judge. So when 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 Mellon come up came up after the game, I th- I think he kinda almost no didn't struggle to find the right words, but 
it was hard for him to come up with anything that, that could really nail down how the game went for his team because it was a bit, hmm, you know. How has he been in general? Has there been a common theme with all these draws? How has he been in general? You know, does he, does he try to... Does he try to sort of say it should have been three or, you, you know what I mean? Does, is, has, has there been a common thread? The difficulty is, Eric, that, that he's, he's, you know, the, the team's not creating enough chances. The, 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 the best chances in the game, well, certainly I think the best one fell to Ian Harks, who had a header right in front mm-hmm. of the goal that should have been a goal. Yeah. Um, Shanklin's only real opportunity, pulled a shot past the post, but it was well struck. You know, just a foot, foot other way, it would have been a goal. So United had a couple, of two or three good chances to Hamilton's maybe one, but it wasn't, it wasn't a, 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 a really, really good United performance, and it wasn't a really, really bad United performance. I think they just have to park it and move on to the next game. But Mellon, Mellon is uh, an interesting character. I'm glad, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy listening to him after games. He's he, he, he's good. He, he, he keeps your interest in, in, in how he summarises matches. I think he's pretty fair. Any manager who who's thinking about what he's saying, you know, will have to like, you know, because the worst type of ones are the ones that are just trotting out cliches, and you know, they they clearly just want to want to get out a bit of the their day job out the way and you know get on the bus type thing but it's never it's never that with him uh, uh, you know even even when you're doing pretty much stuff with him you can he's see engaging. that he's, yeah. he's had things that he wants to speak about so that's great that's that's what we like and, and and it's good to communicate like that with the supporters no absolutely jim you you touched on a, a point that i would certainly like to get into because i think you can take it in two directions and and one of one of which was the way i think you are going to go with it it did strike me when I was just looking at the team lines. I don't know if this is the first time it's happened this season. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna throw it on Ian to to check through soccer base and his and his uh, his short had notepads. But this was this was an entirely a team of last season by players on the books last season. Mm-hmm. Nielsen obviously wasn't playing games last season, but it's basically like you said, it's a championship. It's a championship team. Now, well, I'll take you on to the the impact or the lack of impact of the signings from the last window. But what does that when you when you see that? And it's not a case of all. And you know, Fuchs is out, so, but three three of his his high profile summer signings were sat on the bench. Mm-hmm. What's your sort of what's your immediate take take away from from that? Well, you, it depends on a combination of things, Eric. I mean, I'm I'm a good you know. I, I, Managers, managers, uh, I think pick their teams on two, you know, on, on two counts. One, what what the players have done on the previous Saturday, um, and then what they're doing in training. And what they're doing in training encompasses any injuries they pick up, fitness concerns, fitness nags, players not being one hundred percent for the game. So you know, it's a combination of you know picking between what the players did the previous week. And, and and how they're looking in training. Sometimes, you know, and 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 you know, a general kind of general forum. Um, so there's a couple of things there. I think. I mean, he's coming as I said earlier on. Mickey Mellon's coming at an awkward time, and for United, you know, I mean, I think first and foremost, he wants to build a team's heart to beat. We can quite clearly see that. That that, that he, he he's keen he's keen to start from the back and build a side that's hard to score against and it's hard to beat. And, and and quite happy to take the occasional one with occasional you know a breakaway or, or one of the few chances that they create because they don't create many chances. There's no no getting away from that. Um, 
In terms of the sign, I mean, you know, McNulty is on the bench at the weekend, one of the guys he's brought in. So McNulty, Edwards and Bolton. Ed, Edwards and Bolton, that's right. Now, Edwards, you know, what I've seen at Edwards, I quite like. I think, you know, that he, um, he looks... Uh, a, a pretty decent competitor, a pretty decent player. Bolton started off like a house on fire, uh, you know, up and down that flank, getting balls in and all the rest of it. Seems to have drifted a wee bit. I mean, the, the game the game in Scotland, by comparison to south of the border, can be a bit kind of quick fire and, 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 and you know, and, and you know, played at a, 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 a lot of pace with a lot of thought sometimes. And I wonder if that's maybe, you know, if some of that is catching up with Bolton now as well. But essentially... Uh, what it means is that he has got a, a championship side competing uh, in in the in the Premiership, and, and there are differences. I mean, you know, there are differences in terms of finding the consistency level week in week out, psychologically and physically. You need when you're stepping up a level, um, and you can you can quite clearly see. That in terms of you know the, the the goals, I mean, who are the goal scorers? Shankland, well, he's not scoring because a he had injury. B, he, he's, he's I think he's off form because he's not getting sufficient service. Nicky Clark scores; he's just got a new deal. But but you know the, the goals the goals for column tells you all you need to know. Nineteen goals for um, is a really really poor um, uh, poor performance. I mean, it's it's, it's almost the, a long way. I think is it Ross County and Motherwell? It's, it's pretty dire. Even Hamilton, I think, have scored uh, have scored more. Than United, you know, so you've got a championship side that are performing uh, in the Premiership, and in that respect, you know, there are limitations. You know, you, what you ask yourself with that championship side is, can they grow into being a better Premiership side? Well, two things there: one, they're doing not bad. You know, they're sitting in sixth position, as we said. Um, can they become, um, you know, can they come up, become a better side? Have they got more in them? Are we waiting to see more coming? Um, no, I'm not sure. I mean, I think attack wise. I don't. I think there are severe limitations on that side in terms of attacking football, um, in terms of the quality that some United fans might expect. So that means bluntly, that he has to get more out of those signings that he has signed. Uh, and bear in mind that you know McNulty and and and, and Bolton are, are are loan signings, and I'm always slightly torn with loan signings. Just just you know when when the going gets tough, just how much they really are kind of committed to the cause. Not I'm not singling these lads out. I'm just saying it's a, a facet of the loan mm-hmm. the loan the, the loan signing aspect of the game. Um, your first loyalty is to, you know is, is to your own club, not the club that you're you're kind of pitched into. Um, and can he you know can he add to the squad? Uh, you know, can, he, can he add to the squad in January? Um, well, th- there appears to be more chance of him losing from the squad in January, although I'm now starting to have severe doubts as to whether there will actually be bids or, or reasonable bids for the two main targets that we've all talked about, which is Segrist uh, and Shankland. I'm not entirely sure that either of those two uh, are going to come to anything, which might please uh, Mickey Mellon. I'm not sure if it'll please the, the, you know, Mark Ogren because he, you know, he's putting a fortune in. But the bottom line remains the same, that you know, that he's effectively put a side out there that, that you know, that is a championship side. In that respect, that, you know, given that they're sixth, I think that's, that's a very decent rate of progress. Can they progress much further than where they are? Um, I would doubt it. Um, you know, at any given time soon. I mean, they're certainly not going to. They're certainly not going to kind of probably overhaul Livingston. They're not going to challenge Aberdeen or Hibs. Um, but can they do sufficiently with that squad to stay ahead of the rest of the Parks and Merton St Johnston, etc.? I, I think yes. Although I'd keep a, I'd keep a very close eye on on John Hughes uh, at Ross County because I, unlike some, I'm a big Yogi fan. I know he. Um, 
Um, you and I probably have, have different views on this, Eric. But I, I think Yogi Yogi is, is Yogi's painted as the kind of sometimes the daft son of a, a Leith docker. John Hughes is, was heavily into sports science and psychology and all the rest of it in the game training methods and all the rest of it. Um, although long, long ago, I think I think Yogi will actually do a decent job at, at Ross County and pull them up the table a bit. So you know, so United United's progress. Um, I think it's been pretty decent so far. That's taking, you know, t- taking aside all the stuff about quality of football, whether they're good to watch or not. The rate of progress, I think, has been decent. Is there much more progress to come from a championship side playing a level above where they've been used to being for the last three, three seasons, four seasons? Um, I'm not sure. The thing is, though, Ian, we can quite, uh, quite clearly, it quite clearly is a championship side, although you could say it was a a very good championship side, so you know, which was which would running away with its league. So that immediately says, you know, it's you know, you could you could argue whether that should immediately make Dundee United a mid-table uh, Premiership team just just by virtue of the the quality they had in the championship. But it does turn the spotlight on on his signings, doesn't it, or or the club signings? Because you know, by this stage in the season. You know the whole idea of bringing in six players, and I think well, six is probably un- unfair because I, th- I would whittle it down to four who are sort of ready-made first-teamers. If you're bringing them in, the the idea is to upgrade that championship side, isn't it? And has it, and which then takes us to, did they have a good window in the last one? I think, you know, so we're talking about, you know, I'm I'm taking out the the young goalie out of the equation, and I'm also taking. Lauren Hottie out of the equation as well, who was immediately loaned out. So you're talking about Edwards, Bolton, Fuchs and McNulty. And Fuchs, clearly, he's got an injury and I think we, we're, we've got high hopes for him. The other three, hits or misses, Ian? Well, I think I think Edwards had an injury as well. I mean, he, he, he pulled out of the warm-up up at Aberdeen and uh, Lewis Nielsen came in for him at the last minute. Also, uh, McNulty had a had a had a knock as well after after the Celtic game. So, if you're if you're if you're Mickey Mellon, you would be saying, you know, these these players are are, are first team candidates when fit. Um, I I thought personally, I thought I thought Edwards would would come back into the side on Saturday, but he didn't. Um, Fuchs was playing very well um, before he got before he got injured. And is seen, I think, as 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 a really promising acquisition. Uh, I think I think you would certainly give him the thumbs up. Um, we're waiting on waiting on him getting fit, but it doesn't. The good news is it doesn't seem to be as bad uh, as as first feared. So there's three there, isn't there? There's three there: McNulty, Fuchs, and and uh, Edwards, who have have had injuries. So it's not as it's not like as as simple as Mellon didn't they, didn't they fancy them too early to to start writing report cards. Yeah, on I, th- I think I think Fuchs is, is full of promise, and I think will will turn out to be a good signing. Edwards does have does have errors in him, but looks fine sometimes. Bolton shone brightly, as Jim said, faded a bit. Did did get them a, a very valuable point at Easter Road. So it's it's not all all kind of failure there, you know. I, I would say it's it's okay, but you'd be looking for more. I think I think McNulty. When you watch McNulty, you can see he's a clever player. You can see he's loads of talent. So it's all about it's all about. I think in United's attacking players in particular, it's like you're waiting on them 
just making that step. You're waiting for that game where where they're kind of let loose. You know, a McNulty, a Shankland, even even Bolton if he's playing. Just just run, just run at the team and 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 and, and create chances and get a, get a few goals in the bag. It just never happens. You know, and it's it's quite frustrating to watch because there are games where you think oh, it's got to happen this time, and it just doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I guess the last word on it. It's just, Jim, you you know what managers are like. I think there's an inbuilt. You would think most of them they'd be more inclined to play their their new signings. You know, their players, if you like. You know, if if at all possible. So it kind of when 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 he's going back to the the championship team. You know, you kind of thinking well. Maybe, maybe it's just circumstantial and, you know, with the, the injuries that they've picked up and the stop-start nature for McNulty. But I think we'll maybe need to revisit this one in a couple of months, do mm-hmm. we? Because I don't think we're going to be seeing many signings, new, other signings this window. No, I mean, I, I think, you know, that, that, that's the problem, Eric. You've got, you've got to look at, you know, it's not just the signings that, <clears throat> that a manager brings in. He's not made a huge amount, obviously, you know. It's, it's, it's a combination of what, what does he have coming through the youth ranks? And, and we all we all love to see young players come through the youth ranks. I mean, you know, last season I was waxing lyrical um, in terms of the performances that, that Louis Perry had, 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 had given. And, 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 you know, and then I started to wonder on the podcast what had happened to him. Now, he's kind of, he seems to be working his way back into the side again. I'm a fan. But there is a step up. You know, there's a step up from the championship, the premiership. There's a step up from youth football, uh, academy football, whatever, to, to the first team. Um, and, and you know, so you've got to kind of figure out, do I have, you know, what have I got that's coming through? Can they make the transition? How, you know, <clears throat> how many games can I play them in? Young kids coming through. Players coming in and loan, etc. Um, do they have the hunger? Do they have the desire? You know, are they injury free? Combination of these things, and also what what kind of bring in? You know, I mean, it's you know Dundee United are a big a big club in Scottish terms, um, but they might not be a huge draw. You know, I mean, all all the time managers and and, and sporting directors are approaching, you know, uh, other clubs elsewhere, and you know, because we happen to think that Dundee United are a big club, not necessarily the case that a guy playing in in, in League One or League Two in England will think that. It's a move that he fancies to Scottish football. There is still, you know, there is still an element south of the border where they think this, our game's a bit of a joke. So you, you have a lot of things behind the scenes going on here. And it doesn't always, you know, the rate of progress with players is a strange one. I'm a great fan of the sprint game. And I had great hopes for the guy, Chris, uh, remember the French sprinter, Christopher Lemay. Um, I think he was a, you know, he broke the 10 second barrier at, at one stage and all the rest of it. And it's kind of gone off the boil. Sometimes you look at people, but players that come in and loan or players that are coming through your system, you think, wow, what a future he's got. And then, you know, two months later, you're thinking, what happened to him? Where has that progress gone? And it's stalled. Or some players hit a barrier. And I think th- there's the problem, I think, with United, that championship side. I look at it and I think, how much more improvement is there with that squad of players? I don't think there's much, is the honest answer. I think they, they, they are where they deserve to be simply on the basis of they've got the results, they've got the points in the bag, and, and, and you know and they've played the games. How much more is to come from them, I, I think they're pretty much at their zenith. So the only way you improve this squad is by bringing in better players, um, either on loan again in, in the, this January window, or you know you, you think you know by the time you get to um, the end of the season, if you've finished in six, that's United have won a watch, and then you strengthen it, and, and Mickey Mel will be doing that. He'll be looking ahead to how he strengthens the squad further uh, and where he wants to take the squad uh, uh, in the summer. For the moment, I think pretty much United will have to deal with, with what they have. And, and what they have, uh, I think, is sufficient to finish in the top half of the table uh, or just about. 
I don't think that they'll get hauled into the, the basement battle, but I don't think there, there, there's much more in terms of progression in that squad, either with the championship side he's got or including the loanees that he's brought in. Dundee, Ian, you can see why I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not talking about the state of the pitch. I haven't, I've, I'm not, I wasn't the referee who was looking at it and all the rest of it, but you can see why James McPake would be very frustrated why they didn't play on, on Saturday because it just feels like there's a wee bit, you know, we had that, that, that Hearts game and the momentum was bound for Dundee and a combination of uh, postponement and the, the, the near horror show of, uh, of Bonnie Rigg, it's just it's taken the momentum out of Dundee at them, taking the wind out of their sails a bit, hasn't it? Oh, it's, it's very unfortunate. It was a, a bit of a comedy of errors, wasn't it, on Saturday? I mean, you're seeing you've seen a very rare, rare to see a game pass an inspection at, in the morning, half ten on a, a cold January day, and then you know, fail uh, later on in the afternoon. It's normally a case that things improve as as the day goes on, but goes, it was yeah. it was. I appreciate it wasn't you know it wasn't about frost. It was it was waterlogged pitch and and just it was a real shame. Dens as 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 we all know, Dens is is a fine surface, a fine playing surface, and uh, they're, they're 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 proud of that down down that way. Um, it was a shame. It does because uh, I think when when we kind of looked back on the the Bonnie rig. Uh, near thing um, I was saying they must have been in the dressing room right after it desperate to get their next game get that out of the system look we're never going to we're never going to kind of get as close to that as uh, again we're, 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 we're let's get back to how we were against against Hearts I appreciate Dundee played quite well in, uh, against Bonnie Rigg at times but it, was, it, was, it could have been an embarrassment so so they were desperate to get playing again and so, so were Air United um, the comments coming out of their camp it's it was just it's just a really really frustrating thing. Um, it then goes on in midweek, and well, you know, whoever whoever has to 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 go to that game will be sitting freezing up in that stand. It's always worse for a midweek match. Uh, when you're sitting as a spectator looking at looking at the looking at the game, so it's it's not a it's not a prospect you like. You much prefer a Saturday. Saturday game, but you're right because Dundee Hearts have won again. You know, you look at the top uh, of all of a sudden uh, it, it does. It feels as if Hearts are Hearts are away. It, it gave Hearts the chance to to kind of get back on track, didn't it? And say and put down and say, look, we're we're still the we're still the bosses in the division. And, you know, a good a good result, and Dundee are playing catch up. Unfortunately, I do fancy has to be said. I do fancy Dundee to 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 go on and win the the rescheduled match. But uh, you're right. It just it could have been better. Dundee could have could have built on it with another good a good home performance. And and I think I think it's worth noting, um Dundee themselves put this out that it's now a calendar year since the since they lost a competitive match yes. at the ends, I believe. Mm-hmm. Which is great, you know. Well well done them for that. I appreciate the long spells of that was lockdown, but let's not let's not <laughs> let the truth spoil a, let's not let the truth spoil a good story there. That's how do you feel about Saturday for the gym? And it's a, I feel for our growth this season. Do you? It's because I mean they, you know, a part-time team mm-hmm. in that league has always got it tough. I just think it's particularly the case in this season of all seasons. Do you agree? 
Yeah, this is the Friday night game, isn't it? It's the, the televised game, I think, that this one. I mean, it will be, um, you know, I, I'm kind of, I'm the same as Ian. I think, look, I mean, Hearts were always the favourites to win this league with the money they've got pumped into them. I mean, they've, they've, you know, they've got a big, big budget, even by Dundee. I mean, Dundee, you know. Gary Mackay, Stephen coming in. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's right. I mean, he's not coming in for sweeties, obviously. So, they, you know, the, the money's there. Robbie Nielsen's been given substantial resources there. And although Dundee are probably the second best resource side, they're still a, they're still a big chunk, I mean, uh, of difference financially. But but just at a time where they've been finding their feet and all the rest of it, <clears throat> the, the, the Bonnie Grows game comes along. Now, okay, it's the Cup, and, you know, the Cup's great and all the rest of it, but, I mean, the key thing for Dundee is getting back to the Premiership too sweet. It's as simple as that. Um, Hearts were always going to be the favourites for this league. There was a wee spell as Dundee started to put some good results together, particularly when they beat Hearts 3-1 in a fine performance. Then you start to think, you know, there's just a, there's a, the sliver of a chance here that they could go on and maybe win this league. That was always probably pretty tendentious. Um, the, the best bet for Dundee is a playoff place and having a squad that are capable of uh, of winning the, the, the playoff against the you know um, the, the side in the Premiership, the side that finished second bottom of the Premiership, to come up. That was always, I think, going to be their best bet. And we know that historically that's quite a, t- a tough ask. So they've simply got to buckle down. They've been playing some good stuff. And, I, I, you know, I have to say that despite the Bonnie game, I, I do like the way... They've been playing recently. I think there's lots to admire about uh, about the side. Um, we've talked, you know, ad infinitum about Charlie Adam and his uh, what he's doing. But you know, we, we like, you know, I think we all agree that Ashcroft and Forster are a fine. Uh, Ashcroft and Fontaine are a fine uh, pairing at the back. You know. Um, Forster and Marshall are, are, are decent in that bat line as well. There's a lot to be... McGowan is kind of reborn, I think, to some extent. There's a lot of good things going on, I think, at, at, at Dens at the moment. But still, undoubtedly, their best bet um, has to be um, finishing you know, in playoff position. And, and, and I'm pretty sure they'll accomplish that. Huh. If there is a playoff, this but the one. Yeah, well, that's maybe, true. Maybe, maybe not a road to go down at the minute. But yeah, are both Ian, do you, do you feel for them? I mean, it's been a it's been a slog for them. I'm, I'm speaking to, you know, to Rab Douglas, who's our columnist. He's he's he, he, they've been in games, you know, a lot of the things have been just as they would have been in previous seasons. But they're they're just struggling to to score the goals. You know, the the talisman that they've had, you know, in previous seasons, for one reason or another, it's just not happening for them. You know, your Bobby Lynns, Swankies, these guys. Yeah, I mean, it's always hard to it's always hard to follow up. A fine season, and let's let's not let's uh, not forget how good it was for for the Lichtes last season. Absolutely tremendous in the league, uh, some some fabulous results, and it's always hard to then go on and follow that up. But it just seems to be stop start, hasn't it? It's been I, I, I saw them against uh, Dunfermline, Dunfermline, and yeah. uh, they didn't play badly at all. They were right in that game. It was it was really they really did well and. They'll have targeted this one for obvious reasons, won't they? Yeah, yeah, they will have. And uh, I think that I think that the the always they'll always have a chance in a game, but usually the side of the better players uh, comes out on top, and I think that'll be the case. It's, it's a, but Arbroath should, and I think I think it's great that they've got somebody like Dick Campbell and and Rab there, who are who are positive, upbeat characters who don't take any nonsense, and I'll make sure that the players are. Players are not getting their heads down. Uh, there's no, no, they're, no. Well, doubt they're that. not detached from Aloha. Al- no, they're face not. And, and, um, I know they'll not say it, but you know they've got to win that. I mean, it's the miniest of mini leagues, isn't it? But they've basically got to finish above Aloha. I think that's a great way to put it. 
that they just accept it's not going to be kind of as 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 good as it was last season, but it still could be a fine season for them, a, a fine campaign down there if they can if they can just string them, get get pick pick the odd results off. Pick, get, you need victories, though, don't you? As as we see with other teams, draws. Mm, uh, you, you need a, you need a victory every now and again. So I, I think that the people at Arbroath, uh, it's good people at Arbroath who will who will uh, keep them g'd up and keep the heads up and and, and there's every reason that that they can't and keep uh, perspective. For that's the, that's yeah, another I think so. Thing. After the Dens the Dens game um, when 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 they lost to Dundee, he was having a good blather outside with Mike Caird, the chairman, who I've known for I've known Mike yeah. for years, you know. And and and, and Ian's right, they're, they're, they're wonderful people at Gayfield, you know. And and they treat you know the old Kipling thing, they treat you know defeat and victory, the two imposters, just the same. I mean, if Ardroth were to fall at this league, they they would they'd be disappointed hugely, but they would still think, okay, life goes on, let's have yes. a crack again back, you know. Um, they, they, I think there's a combination of things. This 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 bizarre year we've been through with with COVID, part-time boys not training or having to train on their own, then starting to play again and all the rest. I mean, you, you look, look at the look at the subs bench in their, 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 their last outing, you know, um, against Queen of the South. And you've got people like Bobby Lynn, uh, you know, um, Luke Donnelly, Gavin Swanky, all, all fine, fine players. You know, you look at the, the team that started that day, Chris Doolan up front, smashing player, Dale Hulson, uh, a terrific player, uh, Mark Watley, you know, a, 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 a smashing player, O'Brien at the back, Gaston in goal. There are some really smashing players, um, albeit they're all part-time lads, but there's some smashing players about that team. And you just, you know, it's it's a kind of mystery of thinking. This is much a mystery, I suspect, to Dick and and the board there uh, as to as to why the, the you know the, the results of uh, as to why they've kind of struggled. You know, sitting there at the bottom, and, and they are they really are well adrift. I mean, they're in a battle to 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 stay up. There's no doubt about that. And and and, and it's always you know them and Aloha both. Peter Grant's put a decent side at Aloha as well, but it's always a struggle for a part-time team. Particularly in the second season, you know, they've done brilliantly to uh, what they did last season. Uh, Aloha also have, but it's always a struggle when you're up against full-time boys that have got time for rest and recuperation. Let alone, you know, working on set pieces and 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 you know and, and zoning and and all the rest of it every other day of the week as a, every day of the week as opposed to you know twice a week and, and all the rest of it. So they're both in the Aloha's of this world. They're always up against it as part-time sides. I, I didn't expect them to fall away as badly as they have, but then I didn't. Expect Expect that you know this you know last year to be a year of a pandemic where where we've had um, what we've had. So I think there, there's still hope for our both to claw it back, but but time is kind of running away a wee bit. They've certainly the game in hand uh, over Alois and a couple of points behind them. They can catch, I think. I think they can catch Queen of the South. The game in hand over them as well. Inverness too potentially in their sights. Although Robbo I think is as a very decent manager and they've got games in hand. So it's it, it's a big it's a big. You know, a big rest of the season for them, uh, if you want. And at this stage, I suspect they'll they'll end up winning maybe some games that we didn't expect them to win, and they might find their form. But time is slipping away, albeit we're kind of a third through. You know, knowing Dick and, and Rab as we do, they'll he'll have them up for this one. That's for sure. But well, thanks again, guys, and uh, thank you very much for listening. Back next week. Bye, just now. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe 
To find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.